Hello, good people. Whoops, here's Hello, a deer good people. trying to yeah, cross the road. Yeah, see the deer, stupid thing. Nice toe. Not real yeah. big. Uh, we, sorry, welcome to the show. We're driving, as usual, and we just had a deer pop right out in front of us. She uh, thought uh, differently about going across the highway, though. So, welcome to the show, the I didn't just hit a deer show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this whole the whole theme of this show makes me want to go near, 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 near. Well, to be fair, I didn't have possum with my dandelion omelet for lunch. Near, near, near. Dandelion, dandelion, she's eating weeds from her yard. When you talk about foraging, a lot of times people start talking about a whole bunch of plants you never even heard of. And some that if you have heard of, you would recognize you don't ever really want to be desperate enough to have to try and get food from. Because I know what cattails are like, and they're going to be a real pain in the butt to make flour out of, guys. Oh my goodness. And then having to try and get them out of there? Yeah, I was the, trying the to pull roots? some out of, the, oh my gosh. out of the pond at my entry spot the other day, and yeah. So, I'm glad I'm not that hungry. But this is one plant which most of you know, pretty much all of you, have access to, unless you live in the desert southwest or something. And it's just really hard not to recognize. It's very distinctive. And... Every part of it is edible. Is it yummy? It's... I find the flowers, sautéed flowers, actually to be pretty yummy, which is why I did have some. I was out running some errands on foot today around town, and I just, uh... I chose my victims wisely, meaning I was picking them from places where I know they don't spray with herbicides or pesticides, because I didn't want all sorts of poisons in my lunch. But I was just uh, picking whatever dandelion flowers I came past on my way home, and then I sautéed them up with some eggs for lunch. Something you don't see every day, a cyclist wearing a tie. It's getting to be one of these strange trips. We're talking about eating dandelions. There's deer running out in front of us. Not that there's anything strange about that in North Missouri. Except it's, you know, late afternoon, not even evening yet, really. And they usually have more sense than to be out now. So, yeah, tell us all about dandelions. So there are lots of different species of them, and they're native to practically every temperate area of North America. And I think they've also been imported to uh, several places in South and the southern half of the world as well. So they're all over the place. They're, they were intentionally imported to make lawns by the early colonists in the America, North America, in the United States, what became the United States. So they're an invasive species? Uh, the ones that are in most people's yards are an invasive species, although we do have native species around. But by golly, they were successful. Ask any gardener who's tried to get rid of them. They like disturbed habitats. And something that gets mowed regularly counts as a disturbed habitat. So, yeah, I've got this one. This I've got this one. Say, honey, no, I don't want to. I don't want to weed the yard this year because we might need it to survive. We might need those weeds yeah. to survive. Not weeding the yard becomes a prep. 
Not weeding your yard becomes a prep. Yeah, my yard looks like heck, but I can eat my yard and you can't. Until you teach them different. Little kids understand dandelions are actually pretty flowers. That's why they'll collect them and offer them to mom or grandma or grandpa or whoever. And I think that the seed distribution part of their a life cycle is really cool. In fact, we're just driving past a whole bunch of them right now. They're really Little neat. Little puff heads, ready to blow away on, on the breeze. Just... I mean, who hasn't had a lot of fun as a kid blowing away uh, dandelions, you know? And trying to puff them all off and then having your mom and dad go, No! <laughs> or go do that in the Miller's yard. We don't like the Miller's. <laughs> <laughs> Although they say that uh, that part of the plant is edible too, the actual puffballs are said to be tasteless and have a displeasing texture for most people. So the main ways people eat them are the flowers before they close up and become puffballs while they're still yellow. You saute those suckers. It's kind of a cross between mushroom and flower. But pleasant nonetheless. Kind of got the taste and and some of the savory of a sautéed mushroom. But it's definitely got a, a... fresh dandelion kind of taste to it too well you know you just lost me right there yeah i know he doesn't like mushrooms i don't like mushrooms i think they're slimy i think they're nasty yeah i know i know i'm a i'm a communist i'm a criminal my chances of getting him to eat dandelion flowers when we were not in extremis were pretty slim anyway yeah i'm not much of a (laughs) i'm not much of a cow i'm much of a Saute something I picked out of the the yard, not even the garden. I don't even want to smell saute. <laughs> I don't even like the smell of saute. That's why I made it while he was at work today. So there we go. So those are good. And the greens. I find the greens a little bit bitter. But I'm told if you uh, blanch them or saute them, they lose a lot of the bitterness. I've always had them in salads. And they're up so early in the spring when your garden is first starting to get ready to pick and you're getting desperate to eat something from the garden instead of just working in it all the time. And there's barely enough to pick. Supplement that with some uh, dandelion leaves. Well, yeah. have I got a solution for you, my friend. What's that? Keep expanding that asparagus bed, sister. Keep <laughs> us expanding that because at least that looks like food. <laughs> I don't really actually particularly like or dislike asparagus. It's just not my thing. I, I'm, not, I'm not a big, huge greens eater. I'll eat some. Some I like, actually. But I'm pretty picky on what I, I, I'll eat. I mean, I'll eat it. But it's not that I, I enjoy it. But her and asparagus? Whoo! I can put a hurt on the asparagus. So you I could, put in a... It's a perennial plant. I put it in a bed last year, and it's Delivering we well supported year. Costa Rica by buying their entire <laughs> asparagus crop. No, that's not true. We actually, in all seriousness, we try to buy when it's in season locally. But asparagus is one of those things that when when they come available in February from Costa Rica, we kind of bend a little on that one. Yeah, because she's such a by then, and it won't be ready. And it's really good. April to May. When it's good, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. Now, some people, some people are into, like, canned asparagus, I guess, because they make the stuff. I guess they're into it. I don't know. I don't understand this. I don't like it canned either. It's always overcooked when it's canned. Well, the act of canning overcooks it. Yep. 
It doesn't take much to cook asparagus, but but it's not dandelions either. Come think of it, so I think we're straying a little here. No, but it's it's still spring. I, yeah, I, I did have some uh, dandelions growing up in my asparagus bed, so I just uh, picked them and took the parts I wanted to eat and tossed the rest in the compost bin. I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure we're going to get 20 minutes out of dandelions anyway. Okay, the other thing, uh, nutrition. Good. Not a whole lot of calories in there, but a lot of, uh, like, vitamin K. There's very few places you can get vitamin K, and there's a ton of it in dandelions, greens and flowers. Uh, Some other uh, vitamins and minerals, like uh, manganese, is a hard mineral to get. But dandelions with those long tap roots, they suck a lot of minerals out of the deep soil that a lot of plants can't get to. They're mineral rich. And they add fiber. So if you're needing some fiber early in the spring, they're a place to get it. You can use them like anywhere else you'd use lettuces or spinaches or something like that. They're greens. Uh, Some people actually report that they're good roasted, ground, and used as a caffeine-free coffee substitute. But one, I know how hard it is to pull dandelions unless they're in something like a raised bed garden where the soil's really soft. They're a royal bear to get the pull the roots. That's why they're so hard to weed out. And this this is a G rated podcast. You can you can imagine <laughs> that those are not the exact words that she might use in a R rated podcast. That um, my language might expand on that topic. Yeah. Because I've had to pull them from places where it was hard to pull them from before. So, one, the roots are hard to pull. And two, I don't like coffee anyway. So you all are on your own for trying that one. But I've tried the flowers, and I report them good. And I tried the greens, and I report them not bad, although not my favorite greens ever. Edible. Nutrition? Absolutely valuable for nutrition. Especially, they've got a pretty good amount of vitamin C, too. And they have habitually been used by people who live in places where they're indigenous, especially early in the growing season, because they're one of the first things up. And a lot of times, people would be starting to get scurvy come along March and April. And the vitamin C will help stave off the scurvy. Good vitamin A which helps prevent night blindness. So, valuable stuff right there, easy to get. Free. You pull a little bit of it, free. Pull a little bit of it and uh, slip it into the salad. Nobody knows the difference. Uh, Pull a little bit of the leaves and uh, chop them up and slip them into uh, anything that's got a bunch of uh, vegetables in it. Nobody knows the difference. Stir fry. Takes almost no cooking. Yeah. Just toss a few in there and you're good to go. Or you can, you know, saute some flower heads and have a dandelion omelet. You can also make wine with them, by the way. A friend of mine used to make dandelion wine. Picked the flower heads, and uh, she added a little bit of sugar. She also added yeast, but there's probably enough wild yeast to get it done. She just didn't go that way. And it makes a really... If you don't notice that it's the color of pea, it's a really beautiful color (laughs) of wine. And it's got a nice light obviously floral, taste to it. So that's a a traditional concoction here in the Midwest is dandelion wine. You can do that with it too. So 
Lots of uses. And now for the big caveat. You ready for the caveat? Before you go eating the dandelions, you want to know what was put on the lawn before you eat them. Yeah, don't try Have to they had pesticides, insecticides, any kind of side on it, herbicide? You don't want to be eating that stuff if they have. If you have dandelions in your yard but you treat your yard, you probably don't want to eat it. If you have a lawn service that comes in and takes care of your yard, you do not want to eat it. Unless you know they don't spray. But they do. You have a lawn service. I mean, if it's a kid, if your lawn service is a kid mow with a lawn mower, yeah, you're okay. But if you have one of those professional lawn services, yeah, that's the prep. Prepping and professional lawn services do not get along. They're not really compatible. Edible yards and uh, lots of spray chemicals do not get along either. Now, here's here's one thing. I you know here's my kind of aside for this podcast. There's a lot of people who think, you know, going out to the country, everything's like a golf course. Man, I hope not. Oh, <laughs> Those are some of the places are toxic. Oh my gosh, they're to- they're absolutely toxic. When divers go into the uh, waterways to collect all the the balls, because the you golf can balls, yeah, collect them and resell them for practice balls, and it's it's actually decent money because the balls are so expensive. But the divers who do that, they wear full face masks, they wear full uh, dry suits. Hazmat dry suits. So they don't come in contact with the actual water because there are so many toxic chemicals. And they have to decontaminate coming out, literally. Which brings you to a related point. If you are expecting to use your local golf course as a water source in an emergency... Don't. Please reconsider. Yes, there's got to be something better. You know, if you if you're gonna look, I mean, look at if you got to look at one of these big fountains outside in front of a, a big building that's used for their cooling, you're fine. You know what I'm saying? They just run the pipes down through the bottom of it. You're good. But a golf course or anything that is maintained like that, ooh, no, 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 run, run, bad, bad, bad. It's also something else. Stay back, to run puppy. Out in front of us today. Okay, puppy wanted to run into the road, but he's okay. It's also not stuff that your usual biological filters will remove. Life straws won't take that stuff out. Boiling won't reliably take that stuff out. It'll kill some, get rid of some of it, but not all of it. Bleach will definitely not remove all that stuff. Nor will those chlorine Uh, tablets. Carbon would be the best. If I had to drink water that came off a golf course, I'd be running it through an activated carbon filter. And uh, probably uh, some of the other fancy kinds of filters we use in the lab to remove organic compounds from things. Let me put it this way. If I had to use a pond from a cattle feedlot or a golf course, there's no question I would take the cattle feedlot, even though they poop in it. Yeah. Absolutely, without question, I would much rather have that than a golf course. Although, if it's a commercial feedlot, there's a lot of toxins in there from what they feed the cattle, too. Yeah, Still not as bad as a golf Still course. Still not as bad as a golf course. Besides, you know, ditch water. Hey, that's why we built our own organic pond. Yeah. We built a pond that was downstream of nobody but our land, which we don't spray. So we'll have a reliably chemical-free water source full of turtles. Yeah, too many turtles. We're going to have to work on that. Yeah. They're eating all the baby fish. So that's the problem. So we're going to talk to you later. We're going to have to... 
hang up on this podcast, and we're going to have to have a discussion about turtles and what we're going to do about them. We got an we got an idea or two. I've got an idea or two. It's sort of shame. So we don't want too many. We love turtles, but there's a point. <laughs> yeah, I saw four or five of them in our little bitty third of an acre pond floating at once. That's not good. Yeah. So not many baby fish left. We'll talk to you later. Bye.